No, let's let's wait. Let's wait. Keep this level. This guitar line right here, right here. Oh, it's my favorite. My favorite part. Welcome to episode number 114 of the Better Yet podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a long-form interview podcast featuring musicians talking about influence, talking about writing, and we're talking about being around. A podcast named Better Yet, a band named the Goo Goo Dolls. I saw them on Friday. Well, they didn't play this, but they did play some old stuff. They played Dizzy Up the Girl front to back, and then they came out and played the first two songs off Superstar Car Wash, me and this one other guy up in the Balk 3L section of the Chicago Theater were stoked. Homeboy yells, that's one and two. And I just go, whole fucking record, baby. Just play the whole fucking thing. They didn't. They did jump straight to Stop the World, the 10th track on Superstar Car Wash, a top three for your boy named Tim. We've played that one on here already, so this is Naked from A Boy Named Goo, a record produced by Lou Giordano, producer of, you ready? SSD, DYS, Negative FX, pretty much any hardcore band that came out of Boston in the early 80s. Also, Copper Blue by Sugar, one of the best guitar tones ever recorded. I tell you, if there's an avenue for me to present the legitimacy of the Goo Goo Dolls, I have them all, and you're going to hear them all before we're all done here. But we got a lot left to go. I had a fun time, though. This was an early birthday gift from Jay, who pulled out all the stops. But let's move on to the business at hand. Camila Glowacki of Nectar is on the show this week. Very fun interview. Nectar, an exciting band from Champaign, Illinois. It is Halloween, and a happy one to all of you out there. Hope you all had a good Halloween observed weekend. I had plans, but we got Chinese food and watched The Exorcist instead. Do hope that this is all coming to you in a moment of uh, respite. I suppose this past week uh, was just very scary and sad. People in a synagogue, bombs. It's a lot to take in. Um, I'm going to hold off on posting an episode next week with the midterms on Tuesday. I don't want someone's interview getting lost in the void. I've been around that block before, so we'll be taking next week off to let that dialogue take whatever course it takes. Please vote wherever you are. Just do it. Uh, we're a couple weeks in the game over on Patreon, patreon.com slash betteryetpodcast. Patreon is a way for you to help support the show, support our efforts over here and allow us to continue to do what we do. We offer a few tiers of monthly pledge amounts for you in exchange for the pledge. We give you some bonus content, lots of Chloe pics up there in the feed. Chloe and I also had some portraits taken this weekend. We'll be sending those out to some coffee roasted by yours truly, some extra audio content. We've got 15 Minutes With You, a new interview show, 
and another new show called New from the Past, where I sit down with a couple new releases from past guests. Uh, got a lot to comb through there and a lot more coming in. Last week, we got new records from me and Sweet, Super Unison, Meg, Jillian, respectively, putting through tremendous efforts. That show was a lot of fun. Uh, I just recorded the first episode. It's a nice way to kind of look back at some interviews and, you know, also see what our friends are up to these days. So we've got that. The first episode will be coming out this week and more to come. So head on over to patreon.com slash podcast to see what's up. All right. Camila Glowacki of Nectar is on the show this week. Nectar is a power pop band from Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, that combines the aesthetics of twee pop of the mid-90s, bands like Go Sailor and Tiger's Trap, with the drive of mid-tempo pop punk. Camila started Nectar as a solo project while she was playing in a few Champagne bands, including Easter with our friend Kyle Lang, and as part of the live then single player, now Jupiter Styles lineup, the homie Sean Newman. Camila would put a band behind these early Nectar songs that she was writing, and that band has grown along with Camila, who's taken very quick and big steps as a singer and as a songwriter. By the time we get to knocking at the door, the first Nectar LP of the lineup has been solidified, including the addition of Aaron Schultz on guitar, with whom, that's the correct grammar I checked, Camila also plays with Aaron and Cowabunga Kid, and the sound of knocking at the door, the sound of nectar, is pure pop goodness with some deeper underpinnings that I was looking forward to unpacking and unpack them. We did great interview, so let's get to a little start of the song. This is Blinds, followed by my interview with Camila Glowacki. I knew he was coming in. Yeah, you want to shut that door again? He's gonna, he's gonna want to hang in here. Lily's gonna want to not because she's so overwhelmed. Hey, it's one or the other, my dude. So what? So what happened? So field trips come in. 
you get like a, a schedule of like these schools are coming in and at where what's the museum so it's Cranard art museum uh-huh. um, and it's like the university of illinois art museum okay um and we mostly work with like upper elementary school uh-huh. and the thing that we do that's kind of cool is we have like a day-long field trip but then we also do a week-long field trip oh, like no this way. past week i had um like 60 third graders come to the week to come to the museum for a week so they like spend the whole school day at the museum that's amazing yeah and they they were bilingual too so they were they like speak english and spanish which uh-huh. is amazing because like kids who are new to the u.s who only speak spanish they're learning english but kids that only know english are also learning spanish it's like mm. a sort of like dual immersion yeah. sort of thing oh, but it's like great. very mutually beneficial and like, yeah everybody's and like i i feel like those moments of kind of like connection where you know everyone's able to communicate with each other like someone's learning like you know a new spanish word or a new english word and that has to just be so gratifying i'm just being like yes i can do it yeah with my friends yeah and like uh, we were focusing on like some artworks from like Ethiopia and uh, Senegal mm-hmm. that dealt with like language and like learning a new language and letters and stuff. And and then we read this like lovely poem about like being bilingual and you can do twice as many things and have twice as many friends. And uh-huh. like it's just like the ultimate warm and fuzzy. Oh, sorta. that sounds so great. It's really nice. Did you go to school for that type of? Yeah. So I... Um, I actually just finished my master's this past May in art education. Wow. So was the, and I like, I was in the education program for a little bit and like third through fifth was always the age range that I wanted to work with. Really? That's like the exact age age range that I work with. They're the best, right? They really are. They're little enough, but they're big enough. Yeah. They're making independent thoughts and observations. Yeah, because I I do love kindergarten, and there's, like, a part of me that could totally see myself with just, like, an acoustic guitar, just, like, singing songs with them, Mm -hmm. and, like, just, like, really lovely, but, like, you also have to, like, literally teach them, like, how to form a line, and, like, wipe your nose, and, like, (laughs) just be a basic human. All right, we got this. We just want to get to the good stuff. Exactly. We're excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in several of the sort of like northwest suburbs. Oh, okay. Which so like ones Arlington you got? Heights, uh-huh. Prospect Heights, Mount Prospect. You're you're on the Pacific Northwest Metro line. I'm Crystal yeah, yeah. Lake. I'm at the end. So oh, okay, cool. I've been through all of these places. Yeah. So you were just going around to like how many different places did you live in, like think- through high school. Through high school, um, maybe like two or three. okay. I moved a lot growing up. Um, Both of my parents are from Poland. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, like Chicago is like a very huge Polish community and Uh stuff. Um, But like for various reasons, we were just moving a lot. But um, I was able to stay in the same high school, which was nice. We just moved in the area. That's good. That's good. Now, when when did they emigrate from Poland? Um, so they, I don't know, like, the year, but uh, they won, like, a visa lottery. Uh-huh. Uh, so they, like, moved to the U.S. and then got married here. And it was, like, shortly after they finished, uh, like, university and stuff. Okay. Um, and Were then they, they had my brother. When, like, 
Do they talk about like being there during that time? Because like the beginning of the eighties in Poland with like the Soviets was really like tenuous. Were they like getting out in the middle of that? Or? Yeah, I mean, my mom talks to me especially about like you know they were under martial law and stuff for mm-hmm. some time. And um, yeah, it's funny because like I wouldn't say that they're both like very political right now or anything like we don't talk about it as much because Poland is also like very conservative and like mm-hmm. like Catholicism just you know sure. dominates <laughs> but uh Medwin Medwin you got to you got to decide one way or the other here my friend you stay in here okay and you know you're not making any noise see this guy's never been in an apartment before or at least on like a ground level apartment yeah so anything he hears upstairs he's just like oh no but we, i think i think it's okay it's going to timestamp this episode very nicely I, I miss this guy <laughs> so much so he he'll chill out <laughs> um but so so they they come over here and they get they get married what do they end up doing for work um so they sort of started from nothing like my mom was just like babysitting and my dad was like working at Walgreens and Mm -hmm. stuff Um, but then later on they sort of tapped into the Polish community and they had like their own sort of uh, investment group thing (laughs) which was like you know being bilingual with Polish and like learning uh-huh. English and stuff. I so think you grew that up benefited like, them. did you grow up speaking Polish in the house and also English? Sure. That's funny because you'd think we would, but we actually spoke English at home. Uh-huh. And I think it was a sort of like, we want to assimilate our kids into the mm-hmm. culture and stuff. Right. We did go to Polish school a little bit, uh-huh. <laughs> but that didn't really last. And we like tried to go to Poland whenever we could. Um, so like when I was little, like I could definitely like speak it and now I can understand it, but it's sometimes you have that like mental yeah. block of like, wait, how do I respond? Right. Like, what are right. The words? <laughs> <laughs> how are they doing? Where, where are they now? Um, they're still out in the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Just kicking it. They good. Yeah. You get along. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of complicated. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. As, <laughs> as, as much or as little as you, as you want to go into sure. with it. Um, Sounds good. Um, and but you got siblings. Yeah, yeah. So I have a a younger sister, Veronica, and then an older brother uh-huh. named Jan. Jan. Um, and he actually lives in Poland now. Oh wow. Yeah. When did he go back? He went uh, to like get his PhD at like the university where my parents met. Oh wow. To, which is like kind of a funny thing. Yeah. And we just have like our whole family is there. Like the movie, like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It's like pretty much the same thing for our family uh-huh. like my dad is one of 11 so we have a huge family in poland that's so wild um, but then it's weird too because like in the u.s it's like just us like the five of us mm-hmm. and like i don't have like any family yeah. here. um so so like he has that over there and stuff so was there music in the house when you were growing up yeah my dad like uh he studied music in uh in university like he played the bassoon oh, wow. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't like keep 
keep it up or anything like i know i've never seen him play bassoon yeah he's not like (laughs) keeping a a, we are we're a line of bassoon players in this family (laughs) i did play oboe in high school Uh uh-huh and and which one's bassoon bassoon is kind of like the the reed one that's like sort of like big and uh right yeah it's like the like really long stick Uh (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. it's like at an angle and you have like the double reed Uh uh-huh perfect okay so you and you play the oboe which is like that's like the the fragile clarinet Pretty much, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so what about like what about rock music? Was that something that you were maybe a little bit, but like um for, from like an early age, like visual art was like sort of my thing. Yeah. Were you my just uncle, like drawn when you were Yeah, my mom is really sweet. Like she kept a like huge binder of like all my drawings from when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I would draw all the time and my dad's brother, so my uncle, he's like an artist like that's he he teaches art and like he's an artist like that's just like his how he makes a living Mm -hmm. so i think both of my parents were always very supportive of like me pursuing that um so even you know going to school for art education and painting they it wasn't like a huge like no you have to right be a doctor or anything like that yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh so so yeah when you're drawing is it is it like you're you're young and you're doing like cartoons or were you always kind of more oriented into like an artistic side like were you painting early because you're you do all the artwork for the nectar stuff and yeah. for the cowabunga kid and mm-hmm. I, I like the style that you have and yeah see I, i'm cutting <laughs> off the part where i said that i look at your website and you're like oh but <laughs> yeah i looked at a lot of the stuff that yeah, you were no, doing yeah no it makes sense uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I think drawing is just like the most accessible thing, cause mm-hmm. especially material wise and stuff with painting. I definitely like painted a bunch, but it's just like, you know, you need certain materials and you kind of have to like set set it up and right and stuff. But with drawing, you just, you know, a pencil and paper or pen and paper and, and uh-huh. you can just do it. So I have lots of drawings and like, especially from when I was little, like, I have this like one drawing of me like clutching my throat and like crying because like my throat was hurting uh-huh. and like so I did lots of like like I guess you expressionism right. just like like expressing but, feelings yeah sure <laughs> like oh my throat hurts and now I'm gonna like make this like sort of frightening drawing <laughs> yeah about it's pretty it uh-huh. <laughs> but then I also have like this awesome drawing of like the Chicago Bulls logo and it's like a really angry bull and like a basketball and it just says Camila Bulls. Fuck yeah. (laughs) You gotta make that into a shirt. Yeah, I should. (laughs) It's a great drawing to find it. So like when do you remember like finding, you know, uh, rock music then? Was it through the radio? Was it through, like was was your brother interested in it? My brother was interested in it a little bit. Like he started learning guitar uh-huh. and I sort of just like would grab his like guitar books and stuff and just like start teaching myself a little bit. Um, but definitely like middle school, me and my best friend at the time were like obsessed with Nirvana mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the middle school talent show we we covered in Bloom. Oh, I, pl- no I played the bass at uh-huh. that point. Um, (laughs) and i remember how do you do i think we did okay i remember she was mad at me because she wanted me to do 
harmonies, but I didn't because I was really scared. Uh huh. Because I was, she was singing, she was singing and playing guitar. Yeah. I was, I was cursed. There's no harmonies on there. Yeah, exactly. She was cursed. You you threw your bass (laughs) up in the air and then it hit it hit yourself in the head. You ever see that video when they're playing freaking? I have lithium at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards, (laughs) and and at the end, Chris throws his bass up in the air to catch it, but he doesn't catch it. It just hits him in the head, and then he like falls over. That is so me. <laughs> like that would absolutely happen to me. Like I'm always the kid, like in gym class. Like I would always get hit by stuff. Like, uh huh. Like that's me. That's so, <laughs> all right. So I mean, I, you're you're painting a little bit of like a nerdy portrait. You're the one that's drawing. You're the one that gets like pegged in dodgeball right away. Yeah. Do you kind of you kind of keep it close? So you got you got a few friends that are like you know you're into Nirvana with them and yeah. For no, the I, most part, you're like kind of quiet in school. I definitely had like I was very shy and like had my close friend group, but in high school, like like me and one of my best friends, Hasumi, we started writing music together. But it uh-huh. was like <laughs> like we were literally called like indie darlings. Like we would just like we wouldn't play f- for anybody. We played like a couple like shows in quotes, but we would like literally like go to the beach at like sunrise and uh-huh. like play there together. It, it almost sounds like romantic, but <laughs> but like yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. We've like, got a show. Oh, what time? Uh, it's at uh five fifteen <laughs> at the lake. It, it was like it was just for us. Like we uh-huh. weren't really like because we were still really shy and like I don't know. Yeah, and she played like the melodica and I played the guitar and uh-huh. it was really cute and that was sort of like. I don't know, the beginnings of, like, real songwriting for me. Yeah, for and it, sure. And it makes sense for me that it was just, like, you know, two girls that are, like, really shy and just, like, like, oh, do you want to try this? Like, yeah. let's just try it together. And, uh-huh. like, it was just, like, a very shy project where we're just, like, sort of dipping our, our foot in the water. <laughs> yeah. So is it is it just, like, about, uh, it's just about, like, being able to write songs that you like and kind of, like, get a, a mutual feeling of, like, yeah, that's a that's a good song that we did yeah at the lake yeah and i think for me like it was good to have a partner to do that with yeah like i think i would have gotten there eventually on my own too but i think uh-huh i don't know you just just need that yeah totally that 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 person that's like just there to like you know it's like if you if you mess up with your friend there that's all okay mm-hmm. you can do it by yourself it's it's fucking terrible yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, you you cite bands like Ghost Sailor and Tiger Trap and, and Cub, and those are kind of bands that you. It's it's interesting that you know the way you describe uh, you know this uh, instance of you playing music where it's just like kind of a a shy quiet thing, and yes. like those those bands are very like Absolutely. shy and quiet bands. Yeah. There are also bands that you kind of have to like work to find. Like, yeah, when did when did you come around to those things where you? Did that come um, later? Or was that high school? It came a little bit later. In high school, I I like started discovering like Riot Girl and stuff, which mm-hmm. was important to me too, and sort of taking a step towards. Let's see, my, my freaking three oh, homies nice. up there. Yes, yeah, Slater Kenny. Have you seen them since they got back together? I have not. <sighs> I have. I'll tell you what. I have Corinne friends who are I, obsessed. Yeah, though, so. Corinne. <laughs> Corinne and I, we got this. We got the same exact guitar. I went to see him in Milwaukee, and I was I, I was with a girlfriend at the time, and she comes out, and I didn't like look at pictures or anything. I wanted to go full oh my gosh. like, and I was like, 
that's my guitar. <laughs> Flat body Gibson. Oh my god, they were amazing. They were yeah, so I believe good. It. Yeah, no, I would love to. I one fucking day. love that band. Yeah, you should. You should. I'm sure that they're going to be doing it again. I like that they like kind of came back together and they're they're just a band again. They're not just like doing the one off thing. Like I feel like there's going to be another new record. Sure, yeah. definitely. So you found you found that stuff, and that's got to be like I mean, especially for like. You know, like shy a shy person. little Camila. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it was huge for me. And like, there was, I was feeling like a lot of them, as you do in high school, you're feeling a lot uh-huh. of emotions. Yeah. Going through some stuff. So, like, even if I wasn't like the most, like, like, I don't know, out there person, like, in turn, like, it was just nice to hear like these other women like screaming for me in a way. Right. And like, I don't know, just to, to see women playing was really important for me. Yeah. And um, and now Lulu, uh, yeah. Veronica's in that, right? Did yeah, I pronounce yeah. that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. she did. And it's not the museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, Lulu is really special because like that's definitely like a sort of I've always wanted to be in in some kind of punk band with other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's me and my sister. And we're no longer a band, unfortunately, but it's me and my sister and then two of my uh, really good friends, Christine and Isabel. Yeah. Um, and for Christine, Isabel, and Veronica, it was really like their first band. Yeah. So that was a really interesting dynamic and, and just, it was really great because the smallest thing, the smallest thing that we would write, like once we get it right, we would like literally stop and cheer. Like we were so, so happy and like so... I don't know because it's so new. There's like this new energy and like excitement to yeah. it. Um, and so it was really special. <laughs> and for for you, I mean, you know, you're you're. Have you been like close with Veronica always? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She's like my best friend. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> How what's the what's the age gap? Um. So she just got out of school. I feel so bad. That uh-huh. <laughs> She's like 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, that might might not be right. Twenty three. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a few years. It's yeah. a few years. Yeah. You're, you're, but sure. you're you're at cha- you're both at Champagne and you're doing that. Yeah. She actually recently moved back uh, home. Uh huh. So that's part of the reason why Lulu stopped. Yeah. But that yeah. has to be like that's exciting for you not only as like. The older sibling that's able to, you know, bring in uh, your younger sister for her first band, but to other people for their first bands, too. Like, there is... I know that we're skipping ahead in time, but the that's fact okay. that you're the you're the person that's like, all right, I've done this before. Like, this is how it goes. Like, let's, let's do it. That has to be, like, yeah, super fulfilling. There's a lot is. of, like, confidence boosting that comes in that process. Yeah, and that's funny, too, because I think part of my, like, background with teaching and stuff, I think Mm -hmm. that plays a part in that, too. And, like, it's funny because I never really think of it in the way that you described to me. Like, even though I did, I I had more experience with playing music and writing music, like, Mm -hmm. it was still a very much, like, horizontal, like, uh, like, songwriting process and stuff. And I didn't see it as, like, you know, like, I was, like, the leader, like, pushing everyone. Right. Like, I really felt like we were all figuring it out together and I was just like at a different like I don't know stage or whatever but um but it still is like really special to me yeah like I I still think like you know one way or another they would have 
started yeah yeah i'm for just sure. glad i was part of it yeah it's 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 super awesome to see and you know, listen to that uh live recording that you did and i was just like fuck yeah <laughs> so were you playing um then like i guess were you playing music other than the uh other than the lakeside project like were you playing in bands when you were in high school or does that all kind of come after you go to champagne um so in high school i was in like a like a high like a in high school band yeah called the catastrophes uh-huh <laughs> for a little bit and then I started playing in a band called the Island of Misfit Toys um, at the end of high school and then uh-huh. beginning of college. Um, and then that ended like my freshman year of college. Um, and with that band, like it, it was it was interesting for me because it was like basically one person just telling everybody what to do and what to play anthony's anthony was on the show yeah um, a while back Mm -hmm. so um yeah i know that this is kind of a like tedious topic too so yeah um, but so but being in that band i think it sort of kicked me in a way to realize like no i want to write i want to play like my own stuff like i don't want to do this i want to do uh-huh. my own thing yeah um and then i met aaron um and like kyle lang and john manchaka who yes. i'm sure you've heard all uh-huh. about <laughs> yes. uh classic champagne i've had I, this has been a really great like uh span because kyle was on the show yeah, and sean, sean was on the show yeah. um both of those were back to back and i was like oh yeah. Because I love that crew that that like you know these these kids who know each other in in high school and then they kind of filter and then you got John coming from Peoria mm-hmm. and uh, we you know Vince and I uh, when we were living in Normal mm-hmm. were always so jealous of the fact that Champagne had this way of like you know keeping it going because in Normal it was like you know stops after somebody leaves and then maybe it takes a little bit of time for someone to pick it up and it's always like i think the biggest frustration that i saw vince having when vince was really like making it happen and normal or trying to was that you know people were kind of there for the party and we were just like champagne you can have shows without drinking and people come and they support and everybody's like trying everybody's playing in each other's projects yeah so when you you, and you meet aaron and and it all kind of like you kind of integrate yourself into that world of what's going on down there yeah i feel like like i because in high school, I was playing music and I was writing music, but there was no, like, DIY scene where I was. And, like, I think that's, like, the last piece of the puzzle that I was just, like, missing yeah. that I just needed. And so once once I found that or was, like, introduced to that, like, everything just, like, clicked for me and it just felt right. And, like, I know it sounds cheesy. but No, like, I just think. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, Crystal yeah. Lake, there was, like, you know, a skate park that did shows uh, and then that stopped and then, like, Two years later, there was a roller rink that did shows, and there just like wasn't much happening uh, as far as just continuity in there. And I had the same experience of like going down there, and like my roommates in college were all from DuPage County, so they were just continuing what they'd grown up with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is great. I didn't know this was possible." Yeah. I mean, I've read about it, but here it <laughs> exactly. is in like a micro form. Yeah. And did you go in, did you go in knowing you wanted to teach art? Um, 
Yeah, so so I went in, uh, I went to the University of Illinois and I actually double majored in painting and art education because I was mm-hmm. still, I wanted to leave school with like a teaching certificate in case I wanted to teach, but I didn't want to lose like having a studio practice. Um, and it, it even was a question of space. Like if you were in the art education program, you didn't get a studio space. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, you know, in the painting program, you actually get a studio and you're taking classes that are, you know, pushing you to make work. So so I double majored so that I could get the best of both worlds. Um, yeah. And I'm really glad that I did too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, even I actually, <laughs> that binder I mentioned earlier, like, there, there was like a little time capsule thing mm-hmm. from like fourth grade. And it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it said art teacher, which yeah. I thought was really sweet. That's awesome. Because <laughs> like, it's not something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an art teacher. Like, I'm going to do this. But like, I think it was just like in the back of my brain. Like, I think I'd like that. So. Yeah. I think, you know, my experience in the education program was there are people that are in it because they've known that they wanted to do that for most of their lives and when I I was taking a class with like you know it was like a retired principal Mm -hmm. and I remember going up to him one day and just being like I don't know if this is for me yeah and he's like that's okay like that's totally okay totally and for my program like you know student teaching is the very last thing and Mm -hmm. then you're out of there so many people would go student teach and that's like your real first time experiencing the school system and like what it's actually like and so many people afterwards are like this is not for me like after you get like the real taste of it and just see kind of how messed up things are in the school system especially (laughs) for the arts too i think it can be it can be really uh you know tough to just deal with the the realities of like you know it's so far from what you would want to be able to teach just because you're so limited yeah yeah you lucked out with this job oh my gosh i know and yeah because like i was one of those people that like i loved the kids and i loved like building relationships with the kids and and teaching art and and doing that but like there were lots of other problems so i was really interested in community-based arts education Uh um and then i had taken a class in museum education where i met my current boss yeah um and then like so i graduated in December and then that January she contacted me and was like hey like our teacher like broke her foot like she can't walk around and teach can you just like fill in temporarily and then over time like I don't know I owe my boss so much because like I started working there temporarily and then it became like a part-time job and then I became a graduate assistant and got to work there and then now I work there full-time so I just like steadily like climb the ladder <laughs> is it, yeah isn't it it's just so like nice you get this this feeling of like damn like i it starts with this person and like that's where it ends yeah the whole and, reason I'm and there. it speaks a lot to like i don't know like you never know like who the you know this one person i meet or had a class with and like has done so much for me and like given me so many opportunities so just try to be very yeah. positive and nice because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so while you're in school, what do we got? We've got Chains Gang with John. We've got mm-hmm. Le Louvre. Uh, you know, Chains Gang, I, I love that shit. That was I know, it's that, so freaking dingy and, and sloppy and so I love it and too. So and great. it's like so like not me that uh-huh. would, like made it. 
it, it was like getting to play a character and like just try out like this role that like I never thought I would or could and like I loved it yeah it was, it was really because I was listening to that and I was like oh okay well we you know we got to talk about like the tweet pop but like when did you get into heavy music and I love that <laughs> it's just like no nah, I just like did it yeah and I mean I I was like I mean in high school like with the riot girl and I was like always listening to like minor threat and things like yeah, that for so sure. I was interested in it but then once I uh, went to school and like I think one of the first DIY shows I went to was um, Mal- uh, Maltross, which is John's yeah. band, which is I like a heavier Maltross, band. Yeah, uh-huh. and then Sweet Tooth played, yeah. and I was like obsessed with Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. I loved them. Um, so, so I think there was like an interest almost right away. Yeah, yeah. So Chains Gain was was really fun. And then you, you and then Lelouve, and then when, and when did you start playing in single player? You were playing in like single players, like live lineup right yeah so sean and i met uh through kyle uh-huh. uh we were like playing in easter a you were playing bit. in easter too for, for a little bit i think yes. everyone like had like a, a little time in easter <laughs> i love it i love it so much yeah it's it's really special such a f- uh, yeah yeah in, in a lot of different ways but um yeah so i met sean through that and sean and i like just like clicked right away like uh-huh I don't know. He's such a great person. Yeah, like, I I don't I n- I never really get a good vibe from him. This <laughs> is the thing, but yeah, you know, I, I can understand why some people would like him. <laughs> but um, and I think our like writing style and our like interests are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we were both just like really excited to play music together, and yeah. it was really cute. Like when we first started like playing in each other's bands, like because we were genuinely fans of each other's bands. So I'd be like driving. Home, like driving somewhere with him and i'd be like you're like it's so good like you're seriously so good and he'd uh-huh. be like no you're seriously so good <laughs> like it was like that kind of friendship we're just yeah. like you're so good like, that's fucking but it was perfect <laughs> that's how i picture sean newman like all the time and yeah. like the times i've been around him he has been that so. yeah no he's great <laughs> and, then, and then and then you're playing in cowabunga kid too when, it, when yeah it was, uh, uh-huh so that that started like pretty early with Aaron um, and John and like that band is super special because like me Aaron and John are just we're just like best friends like we would tour like for weeks and like sleep in the van and then like get home and like immediately like hang out every single day like all day like we never got sick of each other like I don't know we just had like a really great dynamic and like and that was a fun band too because like we basically just did whatever we wanted musically like we yeah, we're doing like a pop punky thing, but then uh-huh. we're like, oh, let's just release like a punk flexi uh-huh. and for Halloween and yeah. we just do it. <laughs> so that that has been really great and like definitely helped me sort of develop like as a like my own personal writing and yeah. and also just like a good way to meet people. Like John drummed on the the demo for Nectar and right. stuff. So when you when you start with the Nectar stuff, you know, were you you were kind of always writing, would you say, or did you kind of like get back into it, you know, after playing in all these different bands? Yeah, so some of the, like the first like baby Nectar <laughs> songs uh-huh. uh, were like some of the songs that I wrote with Hasumi like in high school. Uh-huh. Um, and it's actually funny because 
so John and I, John went to art school as well. So he was studying photography and there was this photo professor that was really interested in John and I, and he actually released a seven inch where like my songs were on side A and like his songs were on side B. Oh, interesting. And it's like this like really strange object (laughs) thing. Uh Um, uh, and it was like our independent study project, which was oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... sure. We'll take credit for this. <laughs> I know. I was like, you want to pay for like a seven? Like, uh-huh. be my guest. Yeah. So, um, and like one of the songs on there was like a song that like Hasumi and I wrote and like uh-huh. recorded. And then the other one was just like a song that I wrote. And then um, I just started playing solo more and I was writing these songs that were like you know the nectar demo pretty much and i realized like no like i hear like bass and drums right like this like needs to be like a full band so then i just made that jump uh-huh um and you made but, that. but it was also like besides drums because I, I didn't know how to play drums like for that demo like i wrote and played like all the parts on it and that was really important to me too because i just wanted to like have a hand in everything yeah um and I've actually started learning drums recently. Oh, cool. <laughs> so. That's something I've always wanted to do, just yeah. so I could be able to. Right. You know, I, I think that that's, um, you know, it's important, especially when you're when you're collaborating with a lot of people, you know, you, you get to a point where it's like, I want to be able to, to do something that's as much me as possible and, like, yeah. take the help where I can. Yeah, and just to prove myself... Th- prove to myself that I could do it um and it was also sort of filling in like a like a a gap because I was doing like this sort of more punk stuff at the time and I was like no I kind of want to write like this kind of music yeah um it's funny because like you get um it's it's like a combination of like you know wanting to sound like tiger's trap or you know like maybe not wanting to sound like it but that being an influence and then like you know combination of like that and then like the resources that you have on hand where the aesthetic of it is just very much like that that lo-fi recording because you did it in a basement and it's it's such a it's such a charming demo (laughs) it's it's i like it so much (laughs) and like what's really clear to me like right away with it is that there's this intentionality to the project of like you're writing you know pretty simple short songs Mm -hmm. um the lyrics communicate a feeling very clearly and very effectively and you know the art is kind of in line with uh i think the just the feel of all of it which is like kind of this like cheeriness that's kind of underpinned by like some you know sad things from like real things yeah but, absolutely um one of the reasons i always like talking to people who have like an arts background is i feel like there's they are the ones who are more likely to have like that kind of like holistic uh, uh you know set in in terms of like how they want to present and like represent yeah and that, was that like part yeah. of it to you yeah absolutely especially in like in the songwriting itself like having a hand in it but also of course in like the packaging of the tape and like yeah. how it was presented and that one was like the creation of that was almost an artwork in itself because the cassette was like it was an o card but then i was um I had like a image of like a house on fire that i drew but then i also was using like a needle to pinprick like little dots to sort of make the smoke uh-huh. so like each cassette took a really long time to make and yeah. like they it was like 
Oh, and there was like some stuff I like cut out with um, an exacto knife to like have it say nectar like, uh-huh. when you slide the insulin yeah. into it. So it was like little labors of love in, in each one. Uh-huh. So, so I mean, I was you gotta of them like as baby those those <laughs> projects, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, I think I don't know. I I really value like the physical thing itself mm-hmm. too, and I think it absolutely needs like like a lot of care into it so um you know i think that it's it's interesting to think about like the way that you can kind of um i guess incorporate like a vision into you know the visual side of of things um you know and and in this case like the packaging of it but uh it's a little bit harder to do that exactly with songwriting just because i think they come from like a different part of yourself creatively it's like Mm -hmm. easy to steer uh influences into something that you're doing visually but as far as like songs go that's they just have to come from somewhere inside of you totally yeah and like you know i'm sure like most songwriters have this but like your just phone is full of like these voice memo recordings of like Uh this little melody I came up with like in the shower or whatever. And it's like, those are like little sketches pretty much. Yeah. You're just sort of piecing them together. So like there are ways where I see like the process very similar, but I agree with the visual art. You can definitely sort of like see the direct influences much more. And and steal. We were just in Amsterdam and we went to the Van Gogh Museum and they had had an exhibit of Van Gogh in Japan. And uh, it was just like he was super interested in the way that like space was represented, how in like Japanese art at the time, like you would just have like floral uh, floral life or like, you know, whatever, like very upfront. Mm -hmm. And then you would have uh, a lot of like you know, things in the background and the horizon would just be on a different way. That's just not like how things actually look. It's just like this mode of like, you know, three different planes that are just like one's in your face, one is not as in your face and one is really far off. Mm-hmm. And then you just see the way that he does that. Like, yeah, this stuff. And it's, exactly. You would never think of like, you know, you look at a landscape and see like, oh, that's, clearly like mid 19th century japan (laughs) and then it was (laughs) yeah i remember learning because i was i i love van gogh and i i had like a a time where i was like obsessed with him as well and i remember reading that like you know japanese woodblock prints were like this huge inspiration for him and like those sort of thick outlines and just like Mm -hmm. the way i don't know the sort of like flatness and stuff so cool yeah going into like the way that you write i think that you do this thing so effectively where you have you know the, there's a, a a big cheeriness to uh you know the vocal melodies and like the the sounds around it but there's also there's this underpinning sadness to it and also kind of this reality and you have a way of like inserting uh things that kind of mark time and place in in something that doesn't necessarily feel like it is part of that but you know saying something like read the news with a heavy sigh mm-hmm. and that says everything that you need to say about like what's happening and what's like you know really real mm-hmm. in this song that is almost uh, that just almost has like a timelessness to it 
Is yeah. that something that you hone in on? Is it, or is it just something that you've kind of like noticed that you're that you do? I think I think for me, like songwriting, of course, is very cathartic. So when I'm writing it, I'm coming from a very specific personal place. But like, there are certain things that I I don't want it to be extremely clear who this is about or what this is about. So there's a sort of vagueness to it or like blurriness that I think I don't know could make it about like you know a good friend or like your partner or your mother um so I don't know I I don't know if that is sort of what you were talking about (laughs) yeah well I think that like I think that what I'm what I what really like struck me is that there's a kind of openness to it you know the idea that it, it could be about all of those things but you have kind of like one line in each song that's just like very specific right yeah yeah I think like I think sometimes that comes from like maybe the visual background too yeah. like and I, I might have just like an image just like as a way to sort of ground it so it's not just all this like blurry vagueness or something it's right. just like these little pinpricks of like images or like just like little moments like capsules of moments or something well i feel i feel like too that you know what you what you do is it's intentioned in a in a way that it does have that openness to it but i think that just having those like personal stamps on it it really just like lets me feel like it's just genuine you know that Mm -hmm. it's not just making these songs for the sake of making them Mm -hmm. that's really nice of you to say (laughs) thank you (laughs) um so so when you when you do the split with single player that's kind of like i I listen to that and it's just like okay this is like kind of like when we're figuring out like this is like what this project is it's a little bit more Mm hi-fi uh the uh vocal layering which becomes like such a prominent Thing on the LP kind of starts there. Yeah. When when you're you're starting with that process, is it um, is that something that you're doing like at home, like kind of listening back to the voice recording and saying like, okay, maybe if I go this way on top of it, or specifically with the harmonies. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. I I think, yeah, with the voice recording, I'll just sort of you know have that like sketch or whatever that I mentioned, and then just like play with a couple harmonies on top of it and even though like I was in band and in high school and stuff like like played the oboe and whatnot Uh I I don't have like a very strong like I I don't know like oh the third of this note like so like I'm not very like mathematical or like what I don't have like the huge music theory behind how I'm writing it's literally Mm -hmm. sort of just like okay this sounds right or like this feels right especially for harmonies um and harmony is like my favorite part of music so i'm just like i'm just sprinkling those in Uh wherever i can i feel like those are (laughs) those are like some of the best hooks of of your song is when you you have lines that are you know there's two of you doing one thing and then there's the one that's like kind of soaring over it and like that's the one that i'm like humming along with and that's the one that i'm like stoked about Um, so you, so you go to Springfield and you make, uh, well, I guess before we get to that point, you got, you kind of solidify the lineup a little bit. You get, you get Aaron, um, Mm -hmm. and I think he adds, he adds a really good dynamic to it too. Yeah. Leads on there. Aaron always jokes around (laughs) about it because, uh, 
at first it was me jake on drums and then sean newman on mm-hmm. guitar and i was playing bass yeah um and then aaron was always like oh i really want to be a nectar like can i please be in it like he would always ask me and aaron and i like we've been dating for like eight years now mm-hmm. um and there was a part of me that was like no i kind of want this just to be my own like yeah, we're, we're sure. in cowbunga kid together like uh-huh. that sort of independence was really important to me but then like I don't know. Once I like let Aaron in a little bit with songwriting and collaboration, I was like, like it's silly to to not like it is bringing so much. And he has all these like great like guitar leads and, mm-hmm. and hooks and stuff. So it's been really fun having him. You know, we got a little we got a little heat, right? You know that because because <laughs> Vince, I was playing with Daisy Glaze for a little bit, and oh. then Vince was like, "Well, you know, do you want to go on tour?" And I was like, "I don't really want to leave the dog." And then. And then Aaron replaced me. Yeah, I, re- I remember that tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it now. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't then. Um, so yeah, Springfield, you make a record. You make a record with yeah. uh, with Luke from the copyrights. Mm-hmm. And like I was reading what, that you went in there with like maybe half of that thing was pretty well solidified. I know that you did a, you did a four, four song tape that was a lot of these songs yes and but then the rest of them kind of just like are kind of slapdash right yeah i kind of i've learned that i i need deadlines (laughs) yeah that's a real thing right absolutely so like having the deadline for recording i was like okay i need like to get these songs done so like a lot of the songs were written like you know the last like a month before the recording and then the other songs like we had been playing for over a year at that point so it's kind of this funny like frankenstein yeah (laughs) um but but we but the songs were even though they were kind of just finished in that month or or a couple weeks before i mean we knew them though and like they were what we wanted them to be because it only only took us two days to record the whole record like everything crazy so yeah me too like looking back i'm like it's just a blur. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I think that inten- intentionality you mentioned, like the songs, like they come together quick, but they're they're very yeah. they're not like a, like a last minute, like oh, just put this on the record, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we we need something that's like the, like the eighth song doesn't matter. We just need the, yeah. Something <laughs> um, you know, it's it's wild to me for how like kind of alt rock leaning. It is that the pace of things just goes, you know, tracks one through nine are just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you don't like pump the brakes at all. Yeah. But I think that like the tempo of all of it, it's so like locked into what I think works best for you. There are fast songs on the earlier releases, but I think they're like so fast that you're kind of having a hard time like keeping up. And these yeah. ones you're on top of. Mm-hmm. everything and it does just you know goes by so quickly yeah and we've been the newer songs we're writing now there are a couple like longer songs there are a couple that are not you know that same sort of tempo you mentioned mm-hmm. so i'm i'm trying to like try some new things let out that too. happen yeah i think that that's a i think that you, you like you did this and you did it so well and you could probably do it again mm-hmm. but do something new for do, sure yeah and just for myself too i don't want to get tired of it yeah so, yeah um you know listening to 
knock at the door, there's a sentiment that I really identified with having lived in a college town where Mm -hmm. you are forced every year to reset and kind of look at what you're doing and almost make the decision to continue it or to not do it anymore. Yeah. Much more so than like re-signing a lease in a city where not every lease starts and ends in May. Yeah. Or, you know, New Year's or, you know, any of those like timestamps. But like, it's like the town stops mm-hmm. once a year. Is that, it feels like that's oh, yeah, what it's was going into it. Yeah. Absolutely the same. And like, and for me too, like I, I was moving a ton growing up. So that sort of like, you know, restarting every couple of years, like that is just like part of me and that's just how how it is um so yeah i'm not sure like how to connect it (laughs) to nectar but i I definitely like feel that yeah it's in it's in those songs i think of just like the uh you know should we stay another year oh sure sure yeah um (laughs) you you know it better than i knew it (laughs) and i'm like oh that's <laughs> what I do. It's like it's like if I'm not listening to it, then I'm listening to the Beastie Boys, but I'm still <laughs> looking at it. You know, um, it's I I liked it a lot, and I think that it's it's interesting that mindset that you you kind of have you're you're back there each year to just consider like what am I doing? Is this right? And yeah. have I been in this place that is temporary for so many people? Mm-hmm for too long now yeah and that's still something i think about especially like the museum where i work it's literally connected to the art building where i had like classes and stuff so i started school like undergrad in 2009 Mm -hmm. and i've literally been in that like that little block of campus for like almost 10 years now because like i did my undergrad and then you know i was working at the museum and then i went to grad school there as well and now i'm still working at the museum so i've just been like in just like really in it for a long time yeah it can be hard sometimes because you want to like move on but it's Mm -hmm. just there because there are a lot of like stills in that telling but you know even though it's still in this building you're doing something different each time and you're doing something that's a step up from what you're doing each time yeah but it kind of it's always going to be there I think that that's like a that's a realization that you make uh in your 20s is that like it doesn't like go away no matter what you're doing mm-hmm. one of the things i love <laughs> on this record is the you have uh you have a song called slouch and you have a song called happy and slouch is about just like not being able to hold it together in public yeah. and then happy is just the single like how on earth do you stay so happy yeah <laughs> and it feels like it's it's a mirror it feels like it's like why am i why am i having such a hard time and like you know what is this person like across the aisle from me doing so so right yeah is it is it that or is it like the i think the other side of like seeing happy people is just like what's your fucking problem (laughs) yeah and i i think for me it's not like uh because i think i'm someone who like if you are an acquaintance with me, you would describe me probably as like a cheerful, nice person. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I don't think I have the same, I mean, there is an extreme where it's like, okay, like, are, like, 
I don't know, like almost like creepy happiness, but like where it's obviously fake. So I don't think it's like necessarily critiquing that. I think it's just like the moments when you're not not with people, like when you're just like alone at home and like stuck with these feelings and like how how to sort of negotiate that and like I don't know. I don't know. I'm still (laughs) still figuring it out. Right, because I mean I think it's it's sort of a, a modern dilemma of like looking at people and looking at what they present and you know when you're down it's easy to just like pick up this thing that just is like a display of a lot of a lot of people that are living their best lives mm-hmm. all the time and it's just like how yeah and and for me I think like the key word in that sort of chorus is like naturally happy yeah because I think I'm thinking a lot about like mental health and stuff and like it's not so much about the people that are like have this like you know cheerfulness like in public or whatever but so just like like how is it that some people are just like you know don't have these illnesses or like mental health and like right maybe sort of wishing for like myself and and my loved ones that like you know that they could just have that sort of natural physiology or whatever Mm -hmm. that that would incline them to have this happiness i suppose yeah no i think that i think that's real i've been uh i've been back on an antidepressant for you know a year and change now and it was like kind of an incredible revelation being on them again and saying like i don't have to work so hard to just like be at level zero exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so i think that's that's sort of what i was thinking more with that and like there's a lot a lot of nectar songs that are about like my own mental health but also like loved ones mental health and like trying to help them and trying to like get them to a place where they can like be feeling better or like i don't know (laughs) i feel weird like quoting lyrics and stuff but like in smile like it's all about like this moment where you know someone is breaking down in front of me and i'm like here like i'll I'll look up the number for like the mental health place like i'll Mm -hmm. write it down for you like can you call it like can you make the call like that's a big part of the chorus and then like somewhere is all about like you know hoping that someone can like find this place like whether it's like through a physical move or like through whatever to like find this happiness and stuff so there's like a a lot of like like longing to just sort of help somebody and seeing someone in pain and like trying to help them through it yeah um yeah so that's that's always like a common thing through all my socks Uh (laughs) well it's like that's something that I think just being any sort of like empath, it's tough not to take someone's in and tough also not to take someone's in like at your own expense. And yeah, there's always that. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely something I, I struggle with. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to like separate myself and be like, I don't know, knowing that someone very close to me is like hurting. It's like, it hurt, it hurts me too. And like, I don't know I'm not trying to be like oh my god I'm so you know I'm so sensitive or whatever but like I really am and it's it sucks and it's hard and I wish I could like distance myself or like sort of like shut that off and like to take care of myself too but like 
it's hard. And I mean, yeah. I talk about that no, too. Sure. Like, yeah. Have you found like a, like good strategies for it? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing has been like physical distance too with yeah. like certain situations at home and stuff. I just like literally needed to remove myself. Um, and I think that has been huge for me. And I really do think like songwriting and, and like being in bands and touring and like building up these communities and relationships is like a huge part of it instead of like being the shy sort of retreating inward like oh no like I'll just stay home sort of like forcing forcing myself to do it and like I don't like to like sing in front of people which is like (laughs) stupid to say but like I love to like sing in nectar and like perform that way and like it's almost like just pushing myself to do do it because it it is very cathartic for me so i think that like one of the one of the things that's been nice to like sit across from uh the stable and and here is that there's just so many shells that are being broken (laughs) that you're coming out of and yeah and you know you can continue to do that it's Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to ever stop yeah that's that's uh that's great it's great to to see it it's great to see like what you what you put down on this on this record because i think that it it does hit on so much like goodness and i think that it's like so fun but also like there's a really really like sincere thing that's underpinning all of it yeah um and and out on infinity cat too yeah wild (laughs) how did i know i think it's i'm still like wait did that really happen? Yeah, <laughs> and 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 you're the not you're the only band that's not from Nashville on that label, the the Jeff the Brotherhood label. How did right. that how did that come to be? So, yeah, and just for me, like like we're from Champaign. Yeah, like mm-hmm. who who has their eye on Champagne? Like who cares? Freaking freaking <laughs> freaking emo kids, and that's <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, true, house. yeah. Uh absolutely yeah i should take that back (laughs) um but we were talking to someone over there for a while like we have a mutual friend and like uh and she we we had originally been talking with them about like the cowabunga kid record Mm -hmm. so they they like knew about like aaron and i and stuff um and the nectar played in nashville like a couple years ago or something and and the person from infinity cat came to the show and like got a tape and I was like oh my gosh yeah um and then so when we finished recording the the record we just sent it to them and then they liked it and replied and That's we were just like oh awesome. my god like, yeah <laughs> so, so cool you, you're gonna you know that you're you're limited I guess a little bit since it's the school time again we got some weekends and then uh, winter you'll freaking go and do it and summer you go and do it is that Ex- where we're at yeah, right now yeah that's the hardest thing and like i i was talking to aaron about this recently i feel like i'm in such a weird place right now where like we're all growing up and like we have friends who are you know settling down like we had a friend you know come back recently for homecoming weekend uh-huh. and like and they're married and like it's just like this I whole, just I and, just and wed my two friends it's yeah, crazy but I mean it's great and it's wonderful and uh-huh. like love and it's, but I'm like I can't I'm not ready for that and like and then there's this other path where like it was literally this weekend like we had like our the homecoming friends the married friends and then mm-hmm. we also had the friends who are like on like this like like over a month long tour and they're like really going for it and like music is their thing like like rap boys and sean and yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. that's so amazing and 
but I can't do that because I have this full-time job, which I love. So like, I feel like I'm just like stuck in these, these weird, like, I think you're stuck between two, (laughs) two good places. Yeah. Is a, is a way to look at it. Yeah. Um, No, I'm very fortunate. Like it's a great problem to have, but there is a part of me that's like, ah, I just want, I don't want to regret anything. I don't want to be like, oh, I should have just like gone for it and just toured like for a year. But I also like, I, I can't, I need financial stability. (laughs) It's hard to like leave a job that you like. Like it's so rare and like, well, so we're just making it work how we can. So those little breaks and like we try to do like weekend tours, like once a month if we can mm-hmm. and then the summer is really the like big chunk of time yeah well so. do, do it until until you feel like you should be doing one or the other i yeah, guess yeah yeah so it was great talking to you i think yeah, we got likewise. time you want to do 15 minutes with you sure sure all right so we'll be doing that over on patreon but dude so good talking to you yeah you too you. i feel like it was like literally like therapeutic for yes. me i was like oh my god i love it awesome like, it's when you said like we're breaking down the layers i was like oh my god you really are like how did you do this oh fuck yeah. all right hey loved it camila is such a talent as a musician and as an artist, it is inspiring to see someone who has really cultivated a voice. I think she is in a lane where she'll continue to flourish, staying or going, diving in or doing this around a very dope sounding job. Questions that will always be there. Hopefully it doesn't nag more than it needs to. I think that she's on a very good track. Thanks to Camila for showing up and to Aaron for helping to make it happen. Check out Nectar online, nectarnectar.bandcamp.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tell a friend about the show. Patreon is patreon.com slash Podcast. You can hear Camila on 15 Minutes With You talk about her favorite Slater Kinney record, her favorite animals, Halloween candy, lots of other fun stuff over there. On Patreon, we're on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. The website is betteryetpod.com. And thank you so much. Thanks to Camila. Thanks to Aaron. Thank you, Chloe and Lily and Medwin and Vinnie Mud. 50th anniversary of Astral Weeks. My, oh my. We will see you in two weeks. Vote! Thanks, Bubbas. If I ventured in the slipstream between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead center back road stop Could you find me? Or would you kiss my eyes Laying you down To be born again From the far side of the ocean 
If I put the wheels in motion And I stand with my arms behind me And I'm pushing out the door Could you find me Would you kiss my eyes Lay me down In silence easy To be born again To be born again Talking to you to let me Showing pictures on the wall Whispering in the hall I'm pointing a finger at me Stranger in this world 
I got a home on hand In another land So far away So far away We up in the heaven Another face. Mm -hmm. 